Sounds good. All right. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to You Learn Something New Every Day with Chloe Vetter. I'm your host. My name is Chloe, and I have a very special guest today. I'm sitting with a performance trainer, a business owner, an entrepreneur, a coach, a podcast host, etc. Jess Roz, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Many different hats. Yeah, lots of different hats. I hope I, I definitely didn't get them all, but <laughs> I got some of them. So you got how- the main ones. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, how are you doing today? I am good. We're off, off for the rest of the afternoon. It's my one day of mental health after. So away from the gym. I'm still working. It never ends. But yeah, <laughs> um, I'm away from the gym. I just I've started doing that, taking one day, trying to. Yeah, it's hard, especially when you like, especially as a business owner, when you're the only one doing it all it's it's hard to feel good about taking a day off and that's actually interesting that you brought that up because that's some of the questions that I have to ask you about um so okay before we do dive in though because I do have a lot of questions for you um so this podcast is called you learn something new every day and it's a cliche but cliches are cliches for a reason And I like to really advocate for practicing mindfulness on this podcast. I really, you know, push being present and, you know, just trying to stay in the moment and not worry too much about what's happened or what's going to happen. Because if you're being present, you'll find that you learn something new out of every single day, out of every, you know, experience that you have. Sometimes it's relevant. Sometimes it's really irrelevant. Sometimes it's like super important. You're going to use it later on in life. But sometimes it's like the most irrelevant piece of information. But at the end of the day, you're learning all these new things that all add up into, you know, who you are and how you act and how you, uh, you know, encounter different situations. So I like to share one thing that I learned at the beginning of each episode. So I know I'm putting you on the spot here. So I'll give you a second to think about yours and I'll just share what I learned. So what I learned today, it's kind of a stupid one, but so... I was wearing these light blue pants earlier and I walked my dogs and it's kind of rainy out and it's muddy and I got back inside and like my dogs kind of kick up the dirt a lot. So I looked down and like my pants are covered in like splatters of mud. So I learned to not wear light (laughs) pants when it's raining out. So it's like, it's stupid, but like now I know, you know, now you know. Yeah. So that's what I learned. Did you, have you learned anything? Yes, I did. Um, my, so basically I had a guy reach out to me on Instagram and you never know who you are going to be talking to. So mm-hmm. it's always be nice to everyone. Um, and yeah. that's kind of what I learned today is you never know who you're dealing with. Um, you never know who that person knows. And so you should always be the same to every single person, um, especially if they're nice to you back and just treat people with kindness. So this guy like reached out to me and he's about to move to Miami, um, you know, And it doesn't even matter, like, how many followers that he had. He doesn't have a lot of followers, but he reached out to me, and he was like, hey, I want to get some work in for two weeks. Like, and I was like, definitely. He was sending me these videos. I was, like, giving him feedback on – he was asking me questions, and I was just really nice. Turns out he has his own, like, basketball agency out in Los Angeles. Um, Oh, wow. And he, like, has all these relationships with these top brands, like, in the world. And it's, like, I wouldn't have known that based off of – looking at someone's social media, like just because they don't have a lot of followers. And then he was saying 
he got um, like an investment deal because he went up to this guy who was worth like $20 million, but he looked like a bum. So he right. like, didn't dress like he was $20 million. And so he was like, but I was nice to him. And he's like, you know, the guy that he was talking to who was worth 20 million was like, I don't care, you know, what business it is. Like I will invest it because you did right by me and you were a nice guy. So I did learn that today. Just be right. nice to everyone, no matter who it is, because you never know who you're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great piece of advice to everybody. Yeah. You really never know. You never, you never know, know who you're talking yep. to. Yeah. That's awesome. You All never right, know well, how that person can help you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's just dive into like where it all started for you. Like how, when, where did your journey in this fitness industry begin? Uh, I know it kind of started, I'm assuming with basketball because you did used to play. So when did that start for you? Yeah. So basically I started as uh, playing high school basketball, uh, or basketball just all my life. I was a multi-sport athlete and then decided to just focus on basketball. And then from there, I wanted to play in college. Um, and I wanted to play the highest level. I won just like every other collegiate high school or a high school athlete wants to go. And so I started there and then was dealing with some mental health issues. So I went through um, a eating disorder, um, anorexia. So I was basically just starving myself and not eating and not fueling my body because I cared about what other people thought and what I looked in the mirror. So basketball ended up being something that I hated. Um, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't have the guidance. I tell people, I just didn't have the guidance. I didn't have that, that support system other than my family. Um, my family was a huge support system at the time. Um, they're the reasons why I'm still here today, but, um, during that time, but I just didn't have the coaches and the role models that I needed, especially on the female side. Like I didn't have a female role model or even a male role model to really like help me and guide me and help with the structure on even how to get recruited and stuff like that. So it's a big reason my past and my high school um, past is why I do what I do today. And so basically anytime that you stop something, whether it's in sports or whether it's um, a hobby of yours, um, it doesn't have to be a sport, you have an identity shift. So basically you're like, oh shit, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Um, am I allowed to cuss? I'm sorry. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> okay, I, all right. I say it all. I say it all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds good. So I was like, well, oh shit. Like, what am I supposed to do? It's kind of like that moment. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm just going to run. So I would run and run and run miles and miles a day, not realizing that I was just destroying my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not fueling, um, you know, being diagnosed with depression. Like it just wasn't a good combination. And so when I went to university of Delaware, I think I was like 105 pounds, 110 pounds, um, you know, but when I looked in the mirror, I thought I was fat. So it was right. like, and then I ended up finding CrossFit. So at University of Delaware, they have this CrossFit club team. And so I joined the CrossFit club team. I reached out to this guy. I don't even know what, what got me to reach out to this guy, but I just put myself out there. I was like, Hey, is this, is this still a thing? And that's kind of how I got into CrossFit. And super cliche, but like CrossFit, like saved my life at the time. And so different things in my life have helped me keep going when things around me just feel like they're about to just collapse and shatter. So I was introduced to them and it was like, you know, your own little family. And so that kind of helped me. And then I was like, you know what, I'm competitive. I want to compete. And so I decided 
that I wanted to compete in CrossFit and that I wanted to become a fitness athlete or a fitness icon within the CrossFit world. So I ended up transferring back home. Wasn't just the reason for that. I wasn't happy at University of Delaware for a multitude of reasons, but I transferred, um, moved back in with my parents and commuted to Shepherd University. So um, I always thought I needed this step-by-step process. Like I need to go to high school, then I need to go to college, and then I need to um, graduate from college. I need to get a job right away. Um, I need to make this amount of money. I need to have a family. I need to be stable. And it's like I was kind of slapped in the face, um, and life isn't like that. And so now we're seeing that, like, this generation is definitely more creative and that it's okay to not go that route. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time, I didn't think it was okay. So it was like I felt like I was a failure at the time. But anyways, I decided to transfer to Shepherd, uh, work from home, and, or, um, and start working uh, while being at home. Um, and that's kind of the best decision that I made. So I started working at the CrossFit gym, uh, the X Project, mm-hmm. and um, started coaching CrossFit classes and thought that's what, and then training on my own. I ended up hurting my back. Um, so like different things in my life, you know, the depression and my high school experience and now hurting my back and being out for 10 months. Um, I needed to figure out another path for me. So, you know, again, another identity shift, like, what am I supposed to do? So I, you know, went into all these different buckets. I was like, well, I hurt myself. Maybe I want to try physical therapy. Um, I was an athlete. So maybe I want to try the um, high school coaching. I'm going to get into some coaching, which led to me thinking, okay, I want to be a collegiate strength and conditioning coach and getting a couple internships and all that. So I, during that time, like most people, find that after college they find like oh well I have this degree what am I supposed to do I started figuring that out while I was still in college so I always was passionate about exercise but there's so many different things that you can do with that so that's kind of how I figured that out um and then realized after I recovered from my I herniated my disc in my back so I was out for for 10 months um after coming back, I was like, you know what, this CrossFit thing just isn't it. (laughs) Um, It's not like gonna be for me. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, well, the only option and then the physical therapy really wasn't something for me. It was just too slow. Um, You know, coaching CrossFit, I I liked it, but I really wanted to work with athletes. So I started training athletes out of the X project. Uh, My boss like gave me the freedom to do that. And then I was like, you know what, if I want to grow and I want to get to where I want to go and the collegiate strength and conditioning, like getting hired by a college just wasn't for me um, at the time. Like, I just got to take the risk and go out of my own. So I got this little 800 square foot space, uh, went smaller, went conservative. Um, and then it's been two years since that. So um, I have a year left on my lease here in Frederick. And then uh it's time for me to to venture out after that, but we'll see. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have long-winded any idea? answer? Sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. I was listening. Uh, do you have any idea of where you're gonna take your business next? Or? Yeah. So basically, I have to get to a city, whatever that city looks like. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm I specifically work with basketball athletes, but I work with some lacrosse too. Those are my two main okay. sports that I train. But this area just isn't like as competitive as it would be closer to a city like it's more of like they think they're good but then you drive like 45 minutes down the road and you are not good anymore right and it's like it's it's been it's been difficult to get clients here um and it's been difficult to get competitive clients that understand that you know you need to do this so that you don't get beat up you know at the collegiate level or that you understand how how like what type of work ethic it takes and how you need to take care of your body and all that kind of stuff so 
basically I don't really know I'm kind of like it's it's scary as an entrepreneur yeah um because I don't really know what the next step is um but I know that my time will come and I'm going to keep putting in the work I'm going to keep reaching out to people but my plan is probably just to move a little bit closer to the DC area that's the one right now that I know that that can absolutely happen but I've been in talks with other people about maybe moving somewhere along the East Coast right now. Right. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with the whole, like, Frederick is just, I mean, it's a bubble. Like, once you mm-hmm. are there for so long, I mean, that's kind of how I felt. Like, I mean, our studio closed and, like, you could only work with so many people. Like, there's only so many people and yes. it only gets so competitive there. And so I, I'm in Germantown now. I moved closer. I work in Gaithersburg and Rockville at the Lifetime Gym. Yeah, I did see that. That's awesome. Yeah. And so like just being – I'm not even in D.C., but like just being closer, there's just so many more people and so much more opportunity and, you know, more people know more people. There's a lot more opportunity for connections. And so, yeah, I feel like that could be Yeah, that's the area really that I'm looking because it's like, well, the closer you get to D.C., it's like, well, see a bank account. So it's yeah. like now yeah. it's I'm trying to find a balance. But the, the idea is that that Gaithersburg area, um, the Germantown area, even that Clarksburg. But again, it's got to be like the right fit um, for me. The three year yeah. lease that I did here was just like too long. So I'm trying to find um, a different uh, the best option for me but it's like that whole behind the scenes stuff that you got to look at and make sure it's the right fit but with anything that you do there's never any security so even like with you switching uh, from working at a studio to now at lifetime like it's still a different scenery there's still not security all the time so right. just gotta take yeah. that risk whatever your dream is yeah and I mean that's the beauty of it like we can plan as much as we want and like we can you know expect for things and intend for things but, like at the end of the day like and nothing's guaranteed, you know, nothing is guaranteed. And I mean, it's terrifying, but it's also amazing. Cause just as you were saying, like your journey started out, like you thought you were going to do one thing or you wanted to do one thing and then plans changed. And in the moment it might've been really uncomfortable and scary, but in the long run, it, it, it works out in your favor. Yep. And Um, it all shapes you. Yeah, exactly. You learn from it. Um, going back I just wanted to ask about like when you hurt your back I know for me and just from what it sounds like for you if I I mean I didn't get as injured as you did but my lower back was tweaked for a while last year and it was so hard to not work out and it was so hard to not like do what I usually did and what I wanted to be known for doing so I guess how did that kind of affect you like I bet that was really frustrating you know like having to slow down and like force yourself to not you know push yourself to the extent that you were um yeah so what was that like yeah it was awful (laughs) like yeah like absolute truth like anyone that goes through injury it's uh it's terrible because like Mm -hmm. I said you have that identity shift and you want to be seen in the eyes of others as this or X or Y or Z. Um, and you're not able to be that anymore. And so then you realize like, okay, well, CrossFit at the time, CrossFit isn't who I am. Like mm-hmm. I am way more than just CrossFit. I'm way more than just an athlete. Like, so it was me like kind of a wake up call that I really needed to like work on myself at that time. And so, you know, like I said, I had some support and stuff from my family and friends and my uh, other CrossFit community that I was a part of. Um, So that like really helped. I was still working and I just took up more hours. 
Um, right. Like I said, that's kind of when I figured out, okay, well, what do I want to do next? Like I can't work out my two hours a day or my two hours twice a day, which was ridiculous looking right. back at it now, but I can like start to hold on really quick. You're going to have to cut this out. Um, my, there's going to be a lot of noise. Dad, I can't have anyone down here. <laughs> okay. Well, you can't make a lot of noise. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to have to okay. cut this out. It's okay. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, all right, where was I at? I don't even remember anymore. You're um, good. Um, no, I forgot too. Um, <laughs> okay, I can. No, I got it. All right, okay. Cool. So you got it. Basically, I was. Um, that's kind of when I started to decide. Okay, what's what's next for me, and what are the options? So I would say during that time, like a lot of people, when they get injured, they they sulk. They, you know, I had my pity party. Let's just say that. Like right. I understand, it's okay to feel it. It's okay to be upset. Yeah. Um, make sure that you have people to talk to, you have a support system, um, or go find a support system. And so, um, I got into high school coaching at that time. I reached mm-hmm. out to my high school coach, at, um, or a coach that had been around in the community at the time. Um, and I had played for her, but she was the head varsity coach, um, at the high school. And I was like, Hey, like, I really want to get into coaching. Can I be your assistant coach? And she was like, absolutely. So I started to get into that. That filled up my time and I, I loved it. I absolutely loved being a part of that. And then um, I was like, okay, I'm going to tap into that physical therapy. So I shadowed at some physical therapy place uh, for a couple weeks. And then, you know, months later it led to, okay, maybe the uh, college strength conditioning could be an option too. So it's like during that time, like I said, I had my pity party. I was sad. I was upset. I was angry. Like all the emotions that everyone feels. I felt like, you know, I didn't know who I was anymore. Um, All those struggles. um, But I was able to take as much advantage of it as possible. And I think that's what people need to like feel your emotions, but also be like, okay, well, what's next? What's an action that I can actually take that's productive um, for me? Because you're always going to find something. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. I know that, again, cliche, but it's like, it's, it is true. Like, if you yeah. give it enough time and you really figure, like, you take the time to figure yourself out and what, what other actions you can take, there is always a positive out of a negative situation. So I always try, no matter what happens to me, okay, well, what's the positive out of this? What have I learned? What lessons can I take? And now, because I've been injured for 10 months, um, I can now teach that to other athletes who go through like an ACL injury or an right. MCL injury or like an Achilles injury. Like I, I get it. Um, but we can start to like, now what else can we do? So I'm able to have that conversation now, but at the time, like it was devastating for sure. Right. Right. Um, that's awesome that you had a good support system. That was one of my questions is just asking, like, have you felt like you had a good support system behind you, like whether that be friends or family. Um, it sounds like your family's really supportive, which is really helpful. Um, has it always been that way with everything that you're doing or did you ever feel like alone in any of this? Yeah. So anytime that like you deal with mental health, I think, and especially depression, you always feel alone in some sense Mm -hmm. because you feel like no one else can relate to you. Um, and you feel like even though you have all these people around you, there's sometimes this like, like I'm alone, like, and it's, it's a really hard, it's really hard to explain, but anyone that does suffer through it, like, is like, yup, (laughs) that's it. Like, yeah, it's just, you can like have everyone around you, but you just feel like that no one's there or like no one would care if you were gone. And so that's that has always been a struggle for me. It still is a struggle for me. I'm able to like 
I have my coping mechanisms now and I'm able to um, get myself out of it. But I still have my pity parties. I still get upset. Even if I do have people around me, like I'm still like learning how to be a little bit more positive or not complain as much. Like, so it's a never ending journey with that. Um, My support system, I've always had my family as my rock. I know that they would never leave me on the street. Like Mm -hmm. if I were in a financial situation or any situation, they would do anything to get me out of this. Um, Mm -hmm. In terms of who I talk to about it the most, probably my mom. Um, Like I said, without my mom, I would not be here. Um, Without my dad, I would not be here. So it's like, those are the people that I went through for different things. Like my mom was there for some things. My dad was there for others. My brothers were just my brothers. They get it. They would do anything for me, but um, they've always been my rock. And then I've had different people throughout my life that I needed at the time, but those people are no longer there. Um, So it's like, every friendship sometimes there's a season with it and you think that you're going to be friends with these people forever and then you end up something happens out of your control and you end up just losing friends so like I said I had my high school basketball team um you know that was a support system at the time for me it helped me get through it and then shit happened and now I don't really talk to anyone anymore from there and then we just go our separate ways and then I had the the high school coaching, like I had all those players. And then again, shit happens out of my control. You know, I'm no longer involved with that. I had my CrossFit community. Um, I don't really talk to anyone from there anymore. It's just like, but they would always be there for me if I needed to reach out. Right. And so, and now, now I have, you know, uh, still my rock is my family. And then now I have my girlfriend and just a, just a few friends that I reach out to. Um, but most of the time it's like my group's pretty small knit, honestly. And I think mm-hmm. um, I've learned that over time to keep your circle pretty small. I don't, I've been yeah. through so many situations where I just, I don't trust people anymore. Um, yeah. And so like, it's very hard for me to trust you. And I've, I've given so much of myself to people and they've taken advantage of that. And so now I've kind of like, I'm kind of in the season of like, um, you know what, I'm just going to do me. Um, and I'm not going to try to impress people. I'm not going to try to be their friend. Like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Um, and that, you know, it's better to have a small group of people who really care about you than a bunch of friends just solo cool. Right. No, I totally agree. It's definitely better to have only a few. And even with the friends coming and going, like it's hard and it's uncomfortable and it's really shitty when, you know, like you think someone's going to be your best friend forever. And then it's like, you know, a year later, you guys are strangers. And, you know, there's some people that, I mean, I used to be friends with and I still think about like, oh, wow, like that kind of sucked how that ended. But like everyone comes into your life for some type of reason and we're all changing. So it's like you guys were meant to be friends in that moment. And then later on, like you guys are just so different and it's just right. You know, like you, you learned the lesson, you got what you could out of the friendship and it's time for you both to kind of, you know, move on your separate ways. And, yep. Very true. Yeah. Um, going back to the, your, your coping mechanisms for your own mental health struggles. Um, if you're comfortable sharing some of those, I'd love to ask about that. And also just, I mean, yeah, just like how you take care of yourself and your mental health, because I mean, I experienced a lot of the things that you were talking about uh, firsthand, and I know especially, I mean, I'm not a business owner, but, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, it can be a very lonely feeling already. So adding the depression and other struggles on top of it, it can be a very isolating feeling. So how do you kind of, yeah, like get out of that lonely feeling? How do you get 
the courage to kind of, you know, let someone know like, hey, I, I'm not doing too good or, you know, I, I need to talk to somebody. Maybe you don't even talk to anyone about it. You just kind of are like, hey, I'm not feeling good. I just wanted to let you know so that I'm not like, you know, doing right. this alone. Um, so, yeah. How do you how do you take care of yourself? Yeah. So that's a that's a work in progress. I'm yeah. Admit. Like, and it's always going to be like that. right? Yeah. I uh, I am not an expert um, on like having the magical coping mechanisms to get me out of that. Um, my girlfriend can attest. She's listening to this right now and like laughing at me because yeah. I am like really it's it can be bad sometimes like sometimes I like I said I get into my pity party and sometimes I need that pity party to be able to get out of that and to be able to someone be like you know and sometimes it just depends on the situation like sometimes I need the support and I'm able to now communicate that like whoever I am venting to I think venting is huge I'm not huge into therapy personally um you know my mom is a mental health therapist um and she's the best that I've ever had that's not just bias because it's my mom it's because I've been to so many therapists and like Mm -hmm. none of them they'll just be like oh well how do you feel about that or like how are you feeling today it's like you know it's my mom is able to give me that tough love my girlfriend's able to give me that tough love but they're also both able to give me that support so those are the two people that I go to so if you even have one person that you can go to whether it's you know even if it's a dog or a cat like whoever you can go to like, and just talk and vent and, or journal, like whatever that is, like get your feelings out in some sort of way, whether it's writing, whether it's typing, whether it's uh, speaking, whether it's yelling, like whatever way it is, but then whoever, if you are talking to an actual human being, communicate what you need. And I've been able to like, I've been able to learn that over time. Like if I'm talking to my mom, I'm able to be like, I just need support right now. Like, I don't need you to give me like life advice on how to fix this. I just want to vent. I want to have my pity party. And then, you know, I want you to be a part of that party and then we can go back, you know, and then we can like have that action. So I think it depends on the situation. It depends on what mood I'm in. I'm super moody. Um, But like having things that you can like go back to, I think um, are important, like things that can calm you down, things that just like the little tiny things, like having like a morning routine, having a nighttime routine, reading a book, um, going outside for a walk, going on a run, exercising, like having those things that do decompress you. But it is very hard when you're in that moment. Um, those are some of the coping mechanisms. It's, but it's, it's not necessarily the mechanism. I would say it's actually like taking the action to do it. Like we all know these things. Right. We all know these things help. Like if you're any human being, we understand that yes, journaling does help. Meditation can help. Um, you know, eating the right foods can help, um, going outside and getting some sunlight can help like all those things. We know that. And it's just the same thing, like eating healthy. We all know how to eat healthy. We just like choose to make up excuses on why not to do it. And I've been at fault for that a hundred percent. Um, and so it's like at that specific moment when you are feeling that way, it's like trying to get like push past, you know, the fog and the wall as much as you can and like get past it. And like just doing the thing, just doing anything other than sitting and sulking about it. So I'm working on it. Um, I have my days. I think it's also knowing that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to have a bad day and not to judge yourself and criticize yourself for that. Like if you're burnout or whatever, um, being an entrepreneur, just life in general, um, and you just got so many emotions, like taking that time to feel it, taking that time to grieve, taking that time to for yourself um, and like standing by it and not like criticizing yourself for it saying like oh I'm a piece of shit or I'm a failure or like I shouldn't be feeling this way how is this other person so happy and I'm not you know so it's like just always 
focusing on you, what you need at the time. Um, and then like really trying to push past that wall and just take whatever action you can, even if it's like as simple as like putting on like friends or like putting, like taking a shower or like just Mm -hmm. going outside and sitting there, like something other than just sitting in your own little world and like kind of a false reality because sometimes our feelings aren't necessarily right. Um, we're just so comfortable in those feelings. So it's like sometimes getting out of the feeling to get back into reality. So that's kind of how I feel about it, but it's different for everyone, but it's, it's not easy. Like, you know, doing those things aren't easy. Um, and sometimes they feel really dumb at the time. Like they feel like, how is this going to help? Right. Um, but I'm still learning, man. Still learning. Yeah, we all are. We all are. Um, what are some things that you do, like, you know, part of your morning and night routine that, like, help you just kind of set yourself up for success throughout the day? Um, because obviously, um, I say this a lot in my classes and when I'm working and training people, I always like to remind everyone, like, you can't just keep giving and giving and giving because eventually, like, your own cup is going to be empty and, you, yes. you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't you know, give if you haven't given yourself anything. So what are those like little things? It, it doesn't even have to be a coping mechanism. Like if you're not having a good day, mm-hmm. it could just be like a normal day. Like what are some things that are just like every day you, you do it because you know, it's going to make you feel good and you know, it's going to help you, you know, perform the best that you can with everything that you do. Yeah. So when you're like an entrepreneur or a business owner or anyone with goals, it's like, sometimes you can never take your job away from you. Sometimes it's just, it's, it's your life. And so that's kind of where I'm at. And you're also like, when you're in the beginning of it, and technically I'm still in the beginning of it because I'm only two years in, I feel like I'm 10, but like you are going to have to cater to other people. And sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice your own self, like self time or whatever to be able to, um, to be able to help and give other people and bring value to them. So in the beginning, I've learned a lot um, over time, but I'm able to set, set my own schedule. I have the freedom to be able to do that. I also have a bunch of bills that I have to pay. So it's like there's a pro and con to that. Yes, I right. can set my schedule, but I owe this amount <laughs> every right. month. So right. it's like um, that has helped me. So I'm able to say like yes or no. Um, like I said at first, I, it's, you have to be a yes man or a yes woman. Um, and slowly, but surely you can then start to be like, no, like this doesn't work for me. I'm working on that. So being able to say no to people, um, when it doesn't work for me, um, can help. But if I really need this client or I really need to see them or it's like, they really need me at this time. Like I have to say yes and sacrifice that. So that's my first point to that. Um, like I said, I take, I try to take, I just started doing this, um, because, what would be happening is I'm working every single day and I'm a huge introvert. Like I'm a huge homebody. Same. Um, like, <laughs> I yeah, like I, like you see me out in public. Like, I mean, we've, we've um, like seen each other at the, at the gym before when you used to work in the studio in Frederick, like yeah. I barely talked to anyone. Like, no, same. My hood <laughs> was on. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like people like RBF, like everywhere. So it's um, for me, I need that, that alone time. So it's like, at first I was working every single day and I was seeing all these people and I love my clients and I love what I do, but like, man, did I need a minute. It's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, It's draining. Yep. So I'm not a people person being around people doesn't energize me. It takes out my energy sometimes. Um, so I've now started to take out a day for myself, like an afternoon. So I worked this morning. I had like three clients this morning. I did a podcast where I had a guest and now I'm doing your podcast, um, where I'm still working, but I'm sitting on my comfy couch right. um, and like, like that's, and that 
and I'm still like, but Different I'm just not in the gym. Yep. So yeah. that helps me. Um, but I always need to do something for my job just because I'm a go-getter. I have ambitions. I have goals. Um, but some days, like, I don't want to touch anything that has to do with my job. So it really, I think it depends on how I wake up and how I feel. And I've been able to gain a better, like, intuition on that over mm-hmm. time. Just being like, you know what? No, I, I'm feeling that kind of, like, I don't want to push over that line of burnout. Because, right. like you can't grind all the time. I know it says like 24, seven, 365, like you got to go, go, go. You got to grind, like no sleep, anything like that's just BS. Like it really just is like, you got to take care of yourself. So Mm -hmm. I really, I'm trying to work on my nighttime routine, getting enough sleep, um, getting quality sleep. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to eat a little bit healthier because as you get more busy, you just go for the convenience. Right. Um, so I'm trying to like eat more veggies and fruits and like, I know like I'm a trainer and like I should be doing this and it's just, it's been hard for me. Like I'm really trying to gain a balance. So, um, taking a day for yourself, um, stepping away from your phone. I'm like sometimes like addicted to my phone and I have Mm -hmm. my phone all the time. It's like, taking like you know even if it's like 30 minutes like away from your phone um tv gets a bad rap but i really just like putting on some mindless shit like can really help like um what i watch the voice i watch america's got talent um like the the dating shows like all that it's it's um people would be shocked when they hear that i i watch that stuff but yeah like that stuff helps me recover yeah, um, helps me not think about my job. So I would say those are the big three. You know, I'm around exercise all the time. So I'd love to say exercise, but sometimes exercise feels like a job for me now. Yeah, because I'm just always doing it and demoing it. But I think for right. the general population, um, exercising is key. Um, I'm really trying to now that it's warmer out, I'm trying to like, get that 10 minutes of sunlight every morning to set my like circadian rhythm and like help yeah. me sleep better. So, um, you know, I'm in the process of kind of figuring out, but I would say those are some main things that people can start to use and pull from. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, You said something that I also wanted to ask you about, about like having you were, you said, you know, like, I know I'm a trainer, like I don't like, I'm (laughs) trying to get healthier. And I totally relate to this because (laughs) when you are, you know, being put on display and you're demoing stuff and like your face is like, you know, your brand it's hard to get wrapped up in like appearing perfect. And I know you brought this up in the very beginning, um, going back into high school when you were struggling with, you know, like body image and all that, like how, I guess, I guess where are you at right now with all that? And how do you not let that pressure a hundred percent get to you if, unless that's not true for you? Uh, Cause I know that it's still a work in progress for me. It's really easy to get kind of wrapped up in like, Oh, like I'm an instructor. I'm a trainer. Like I'm supposed to be like looking super ripped and cut all the time. And I'm supposed yes. to be eating only healthy foods. And you know, like I'm not allowed to eat anything that's unhealthy and I'm, you know, not allowed to miss a day of, you know, like working out or whatever it is. Yep. Uh, so how do you kind of, I'm guessing you relate to that. Yeah, great question. Um, my answer is I actually like kind of came full circle a couple of days ago. So it's crazy that you asked this. Um, I am still in the phase of and I, I, I think I've been blind to it, but I'm still in the phase where I, I care so much about what other people think yeah. about me. Like I care so much to a point where it like paralyzes everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, um, I'm really like trying to work on that. Um, and first is admitting it and being able to then go from there. 
So I'm, I'm still struggling with it. And I realized it all came back to high school. Like, um, you know, in high school, I was a, um, we're getting real on here. Um, in high school, I was a, like, I was, it was more of like, have you seen the episode? I know you're a big Friends fan. Yeah. Um, inappropriate. But I've in terms of like, you remember when like Ross and um, what's Joey were talking in the hospital room and, um, you know, Carol kind of figured out that she was a lesbian, but Ross didn't know and like yeah. all that stuff. And then they had like the three way or whatever, you know, inappropriate. But anyway, yeah. he, he made the comment. He was like, have you ever been to a party and they wouldn't really know that you're like there? Do you remember that part? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what the actual quote was, but not anything to do with the three-way. Yeah. But anyways, no, that's, that's kind of how me. it was in high school for me. Like, okay. if I were at a party, I don't think people would notice if I were not there. And so right. that's kind of how I felt in high school. So I think since high school, I've been always trying to, like, fit in. And I've always been trying to, like um, – I care so I want people to think highly of me because in yeah. high school I don't think people would notice and that's just how I felt I don't think any of my high school friends would say that but I was I would I would be the first one to get kicked out of the group let's just say that so yeah. anyways that's kind of what I came to the realization of is like I think I've always been kind of chasing that I've been living that so like how like I on social media like I, I try like almost too hard where I don't become myself anymore so I think it's something I still struggle with and I'm, I'm, I'm working on it now and just even talking about it now like helps me um, and it brings the realization to, okay, um, you know, you got to always be authentic and you got to bet on yourself. And, you know, I say it all the time, I preach it, but now I actually have to be the one doing it too. So that would, uh, that hopefully that answers that. Um, but I think a lot yeah. of people go through that. Like, I think that's just, and I, I use my own vulnerabilities because I know someone else out here, someone listening is like, damn, I feel the same way. And so we're all, we all have so many similar problems, but none of us are talking about it. So me just talking about it, me just opening up about it and then opening up on my social media and being like, I feel this way. Um, right. People are able to relate to that. And then that's where the trust and buying comes and the rela- uh, the relatability comes because it's all about being relatable. It's not about like being fake. So I'm right. really working on the, like not trying to care what about what other people think about me and not, like I said, being the, like Jess the trainer, like just being Jess and that this is just what I do. But I'm super ambitious about like my goals and stuff. So like I have high hopes for myself and I have big drives. And sometimes you do, you will get away from yourself when you're trying to like get trying to quote unquote, like make it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think um, if I could start the process even earlier than I do now, just like really like being myself and not caring about what other people think. Um, And then also just like, being a female in a male dominated industry and also being gay myself. Like it's, it's all, I'm still trying to figure out my identity. Right. Yeah, no, I, that totally answers my question. It's, (laughs) it's a work in progress for sure. And I, yeah, I mean, I really thank you for your honesty and your vulnerability there because it's hard to, yeah, accept it yourself and to kind of admit it to yourself, let alone like, say it on a podcast or put it on social media. Right. Um, Especially when like social media, I mean, I know that you were saying how, you know, you'll feel like you're, you're trying really hard on social media. It's so much easier said than done to not because that's where I'm sure you, I mean, that's where a lot of the marketing and promotion is, you know? So it's like, you can't help but want to come off as, you know, 
perfect and amazing and all these different aspects. For sure. um, but going back to what you said about, yeah, like being female and being gay, when you came out on Instagram, I wanted to ask if you're comfortable sharing, how did that, what, what kind of made you come to the decision to like make that public mm-hmm. and how has it affected you today? Do you feel more free and like open to express yourself or has it made it difficult? Cause I know that some people, I mean, I'm in the same boat. Like sometimes people look at you a little bit differently and you yep. can feel that. And even if yep. they don't say anything, you know, you can feel that. And like, I, you know, I'll work with, you know, men and, you know, I'll work with older men and, you know, they get very, you know, it's also yeah, just the no, older generation. Like, they're like, oh, like, sweetie, you're high. I'm just like, no, <laughs> like, no, that we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I deal with it. Yeah. I deal yeah. with it a lot. Um, so 